ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão de culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão pela explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Benfica podcast, episode number 314, coming to you every week, either Tuesdays or Wednesdays, depending on, on Benfica plays. Uh, here I am tonight with Cristiano Oliveira next to me. What's going on, Cristiano? Hey, what's going on, Alfredo? How you doing, Dave? What's going on, my brother? And Dave, which is the, the better looking of the Oliveiras. Dave, the Oliveira is up in, uh, in Canada. How are you? I'm doing well. Good to be back on here tonight. Right, so tonight uh, on tonight's agenda, we will look back at the Galatasaray game, the second leg of the Europa League round of 16. We'll also recap the Chaves game, which happened this past weekend, not past weekend, this past Monday. Uh, and we will close it up by looking uh, ahead to Benfica's big, big game this coming Saturday at the Dragão against Porto. And uh, we'll also discuss who our opponents will be in the next round of the Europa League. So here we are. Um, let's uh, get right into this uh, Galatasaray game, second leg playing at Stadio Luz. I'll give you the lineup. Almeida was at right back, uh, Dias Ferro and Grimaldo. Uh, behind that defensive line was Vlaco Dimos. Uh, in the midfield, Jetson and Florentino. On one side of the midfield, Pizzi. On the other, Servi. And up front, Felix and Seferovic. So, uh, uh, Cristiano, looking at this lineup, we talk a lot about uh, rotation. Right, but but Felix and Seferovic have been guys that have been out there almost every single minute since Lars the Khan. Yeah, look, right now those guys are hitting on all cylinders, so uh, it really doesn't surprise me that he's sticking with them. But at the same time, it does surprise me that he hasn't given them a breather. And you have a guy like Jonas who's ready to go. I don't know uh, about that. Why, why don't you know about that? He was just in Madrid getting treatment on his back today. Well, that was today, but on Thursday he was fine. Uh, so, <laughs> so look, I, I thought he was going to have a little bit more squad rotation, but considering that Almeida was suspended for the game against Shops, and same thing with Ferro picking up a red card in Benfica's previous uh, league game, uh, he really stuck with those uh, with, with the Vella Guarda de Gawa. Should I say Vella Guarda because Ferro's not Vella, but the guys that 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 you know strongest uh, right now to to play those positions. Um, and look, Benfica is playing well. Uh, right now, it doesn't matter who's really in the lineup. It doesn't matter who's coming in, who's making their debuts. They're hitting on all cylinders, and I think uh, he's content with uh, what he's seen so far. And I think he's just rolling out his best uh, lineup possible. Obviously, there's a couple of tweaks. Gabriel is including that best lineup possible, but you got Jets in some minutes. You got Florentino some minutes. You got Peasy some minutes. Uh, so, I mean, there was a little bit of rotation, not as much as we expected. But again, Benfica is playing well. These guys are all confident, as we've mentioned here uh, many times uh, now since Bruno Lodge has been appointed as Benfica head coach, that these guys are all confident playing on. He gives them confident, any uh, confidence, and he's confident in any one player on the team. So it's a good sign, um, and uh, it was good to see. Absolutely. So a, a game that Benfica pretty much uh, controlled in, in perhaps third gear, uh, we should say. Uh, and we never really saw the Benfica that we have seen in past games. Uh, there was... Uh, a, more of a controlling factor and uh, to be fair Galatasaray didn't really threaten uh, they did have a couple goals called out 
They uh, threatened. They threatened a little bit in the second half for a good ten minute period. They threatened. I got. I got to say that. And you know, to be fair to them, they scored a goal that that was uh, eventually called off sides. But guys, let, let's be brutally honest. If there's any type of VAR in, in the U in the Europa League, which I'm surprised there isn't no VAR, that would have been a legit goal. That was a legit mm-hmm. goal. There was no way that Galatasaray play was off sides. So you know, obviously that one went uh, went in our favor. Benfica, like you mentioned, I don't think that they really ever had to put it into another gear. I think that had a lot to do with what Galatasaray uh, went 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 into the study to lose and put forth on the field. I thought they were going to be a lot more aggressive. I thought they were going to try to push things a lot more. But it looked like for, for most of the game, they were content just sitting back and letting Benfica touch the ball around. It's just everybody touching the ball back and forth. There was very few chances in this game. Uh, but uh, to me... The surprising aspect of this game was more so uh, that 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 Galatasaray did not come forward looking for a result um, like I expected them to. I thought Benfica would be under fire, and they weren't, with the exception of a six to eight minutes in the second half. Yeah, Galatasaray does have their uh, limitations. Benfica, however, uh, controlled and, and never really looked in danger. As a matter of fact, they've uh, uh, Benfica quite wasteful. Yeah, very wasteful. That's the one thing I take away from this game is they they did control this uh, match from start to finish, zero uh, zero score line. But this team created lots of chances. They had uh, twelve shots uh, off target and three on target, and that would be my uh, main concern uh, for this team coming away from this match is that uh, they did not capitalize on their uh, opportunities that they had, and uh, even uh, not to get too he- ahead of ourselves, but uh, same thing in the Shavs uh, match uh, yeah. for nothing scoreline, but uh, still could have been a way bigger uh, scoreline. So that's my only concern uh, from this uh, Galatasaray match here. Yeah. I-, I think if Benfica would have came away with a two-one victory, I think it would have been a fair, really like three-one. But I think Benfica. Um, could have definitely put away some of those chances. I just didn't see much from Galatasaray. Again, Benfica, it wasn't the the, the Benfica we've been accustomed to seeing under uh, Brunelage. And and I think that's that's the one thing that, that you know, I, I again, I expected Galatasaray to be a lot more aggressive, and I didn't think Benfica was going to create a lot on the counterattack, but it wasn't, I don't know. It, it was just a weird game. It was, a to me, in my mind, yeah. it was a really weird game because, I again, I expected Galatasaray to to put forth a better effort. Um, I don't I don't think uh, that Benfica played poorly particularly, no. right? I just think that when Benfica puts the intensity and the pace and the combinations and their movements, they could be a lot dangerous. And I think that at this point and and coming away from uh from 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 Turkey with a two one uh, advantage. Uh, I thought that really Benfica didn't really need to exert themselves that they were going to uh, give possession to Galatasaray, wait on them, put on a counter, press when they needed to. Benfica never really to put it in, in a in a higher gear, as I mentioned. And and look, good good for them. They're they're now passed into the next round. And Benfica found out on Friday who they'll be playing. Oh, it's going to be Dinamo Zagreb from Croatia. Uh, the first leg will be played in Croatia on the seventh of March. And the second leg will be played on the 14th at Stade Lelouch. So uh, a favorable matchup uh, for Benfica. Certainly Dinamo Zagreb, who is uh, who is top of the Croatian league. But uh, as you know, the Croatian league isn't really uh, a big, huge league in Europe. Nonetheless, it's still a, a club that has its history, uh, that has some weapons. But this is definitely a, a, a club that's, uh, that's accessible to Benfica. Yeah, look... I didn't know enough about them. Looking them up, they I think they've won like 12 out of their last 13 
uh, Croatian League titles. Um, so this is a team that could play football. I mean, look, they do have um, some very good players, some players you'll see making the jump to bigger leagues and possibly even this next offseason. But again, as you said, it's a, it's, it's a team that Benfica, if they come out there and they play their best football, that Benfica should advance and should get through um, to the next round of the Europa League. Yeah, so we'll get a chance to uh, preview that matchup as we get closer to the game. Uh, but now uh, we're going to uh, turn our, our, our attention to the Chaves game. Benfica played Chaves this past Monday in a game that closed out the the, the this last round of the Liga Nosh game, uh, uh, the Liga Nosh uh, championship, I should say. And I'll give you uh, the lineup. Vlaku Dimuz was in goal. Korsia played right back as Andrea Almeida was suspended. Dias Samaris filled in for the for also suspended uh, Ferro. And Grimaldo was on the left. In the midfield, Florentino and Gabriel. PT on one side, Rafa on the other, João Félix and Seferovic uh, up front. As I mentioned, those guys not getting any rest uh, as far as uh, the starts. But uh, so uh, Samari was dropped down to the center back. Apparently, Conti seemed to be okay to go. Uh, but Bruno Lage decided to go with Samari, perhaps because of Samari has game rhythm and Conti hasn't. Uh, and Conti has been hurt for, for a while, so he's been out of action, but he is back training with the team. So Florentino got the start uh, in the midfield. Uh, game at Stade de Luz, a uh, typical game from uh, Benfica, as we have seen in Bruno Lage. Uh, first goal in the 19th minute by Rafa. Uh, João Félix, 2-0 uh, in the 37th minute, and then Seferovic took us into the half, 3-0 uh, uh, when he scored the, in the 43rd minute. So quite a, a, a calm and relaxing uh, and I'm sure a lot of fans uh, enjoy seeing games like that for Benfica. They're not at all boring, especially the style that the team has been playing. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's great to be in a stadium or to be watching on TV and, and, and to not have to worry that Benfica is dropping their lines too much and they're giving up too much. This is just a, a totally different Benfica from what we see in, a, in the past three months. Yeah, hey. and, you know, yeah, um Though we I have uh, we go into the half three nothing. The first ten minutes of the game, I felt like uh, we were kind of uh, sleeping at the back line. There, Odysseus uh, bails us out with a couple of saves, and Shavsh could have put one uh, in right uh, at the ten minute mark as well. So, though we do score three goals, uh, luckily uh, to finish off the first half, uh, Shavsh did create um, their only two chances of the match within the first two. Uh, within the first 10 minutes of the game. And uh, from there, luckily, uh, Odysseus uh, saved us, bailed us out, and we were man we managed to uh, bury some chances that we have uh, going into the second half with a 3-0 lead. I said last year, uh, last year, last week here on the podcast that, that Shops played some quality soccer, and you guys scoffed at me. Now, that being said, Shops did create... Play very defensive, though. They, they did create the early chances... Okay, they could have easily gotten on the scoreboard if it wasn't for Blanco Dimas. It was only until Benfica scored their first goal that then they went defensive and all of a sudden their game, their game plan was out the window. But until then, they were playing good football, as I had mentioned earlier. And Benfica could have very easily been down one to two nil in the first 15 to 18 minutes. Yeah, I mean that that's that's tremendous efficiency to uh from Chaves. And we have seen teams like that that they go down to Benfica's goal in the past and they score and and it basically that's the only time they've gone. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the thing is that uh, you know we're, we're we're I think that uh we sometimes overlook the importance of Lacodimos, right? Uh he was a guy that came in with some doubts. 
Uh, obviously, replacing Varela was was perhaps not as big of a task as, as some people thought. Uh, but he has come in, he has settled, he has adapted, and he's a guy that inspires confidence in this back line. And that's sometimes that's what we needed because when you have a guy back there that you can count on, the back line plays a lot more relaxed and more more free because they know they can count on a guy that's behind them. He still needs to come out of his line more, needs to play on top of his box a lot more. I think he plays way too deep. I think he's fantastic, fantastic, fantastic with his reflexes and playing in between the pipes. I just struggle at times to see him not come out for certain balls. He never holds on to a ball. I love him. Look, he's made some spectacular, spectacular saves. I'm not criticizing the guy at all. I think he could only get better from here on out, but I do think that there's aspects of his game that could definitely be improved. And I think one of them is coming out and playing a little bit, you know, positioning himself uh, kind of like as the old school sweeper to, to allow Benfica to push up, to push up the defensive lines a little bit uh, further up the field and let him kind of clean up things back there. And I think he just he just stays too deep in his box all the time. But aside from that, I think you're absolutely right. I think uh, uh, the, the the Benfica, the whole team, not just the defenders, but the whole team is a lot more confident in this guy, confident in this guy considering what they've seen in goal over the last couple of seasons. This is a huge – oh, not a couple of seasons because the year before Edison, but you know what I mean. Uh, this is a huge upgrade over what we saw at Benfica last year. Um, and I'm glad to see that uh, he's, you know, he's able to make – the saves that we expect the goalkeeper to make, and then he does also add in the spectacular save in there. Dave, if he gets up at the half 3 nothing, would you have uh, have expected perhaps the substitutions to come in a little earlier with if he can complete control of the game? Yeah, you would you would hope, though, especially coming into uh, a game or where they can see we have Porto on the horizon uh, as well. Uh, one good thing to take away, no injuries, no substitutions leading into um, this big derby that we have coming up. Classico. Uh, so yes, Classico. That's correct. Uh, so we have that to uh, be thankful for, that there was no injuries and no uh, su uh, suspensions. Uh, but uh, he brings in uh, Jonas in the uh, 70th, uh, 72nd minute. And at least uh, we get to see how uh, Jonas and uh, João Felix play up top because usually when uh, Jonas gets subbed in, it's either João Felix going off or João Felix is, uh, isn't too far off um, uh, making his way out. So it was good to see how uh, those two played up top. And uh, I know that uh, at the end of the match, uh, Bruno Lage was asked that and they've been uh, in training sessions working with each other so it was good to see that how uh, those two uh, work out and uh, going to going to be interesting to see uh, the rest of the season if uh, Seferovic uh, takes over for Jonas and they play with uh, João Felix and Jonas up top yeah and and Cristiano Jota another player made in Seychelles making his first team debut yeah and I'm glad I'm glad it's about time I thought I thought there's been a couple of other occasions that I thought Bruno Lage could have gotten in, gotten him into the games and gotten him some experience um but you know what getting back to Jonas real quick Jonas came in as Dave said in the 72nd minute if I'm not mistaken mm -hmm. and he did not look happy I think this is a guy that's hungry this is a guy that wants to score goals he did get his goal a little fortunate, but whatever. At the end of the day, who cares? It's about getting him in the back of the net. Yeah. He did not look happy. It looked like he wasn't even celebrating that much. Now, you dropped the bomb on me. I had no idea. I don't know. I've, I've been a little bit busy today, guys. Please excuse me. I had no idea he was in Madrid for his back. I yep. mean, so apparently in 18 minutes was enough to, to, to mess up his back. Yeah. No, look, I, I think it might be something where, look, he's eager to play. He's hungry to play. 
but there's there's some limitations, obviously, there. There's limitations due to the fact that Seferovic has absolutely been on fire. Leading uh, the Liga Nords now in goals. And then there's my there may be a limitation, and I'm not saying whether this is true or not, but from what we've seen, uh, it may be true, that he's not 100%. So he feels that his back is somewhat limiting to what he could do. I mean, you look at the guy running, and you could tell that there's that he runs a bit limited uh it's not as natural running motion and if you guys have a chance go look at the at the last 20 minutes of that game to see what i'm talking about but this is definitely a guy that's hungry to play that's hungry to help out this team but it is somewhat affected by the circumstances whether they're they're physical or whether it's because now he sees himself having to compete a guy he's never had to do that while uh while at Benfica this whole tenure at Benfica so it obviously there's some some feelings there that didn't really seem quite the natural Jonish with a smile uh laughing and 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 calling his teammates over whatever you know but uh it, it, there's definitely something going on with with Jonish and and I think that people could tell that at first I was surprised uh that 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 uh, Lodge wasn't making a substitutions at halftime because we figured some of the guys have gotten a lot of minutes of like, yeah. could have gotten a, could have gotten a couple uh, minutes of breather. But you know what? Then I started thinking. It's like, wait, there's there's four and a half full days. I mean, the game's gonna be Saturday night in Portugal, so it's like close to five days of rest yeah. uh, for these guys over the next week or so. They'll have plenty of refreshments. They'll have plenty of of, of you know opportunities to relax and get their muscles back in, in, in the right form and, and just get ready for Saturday. So afterwards, I didn't make that big of a deal. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, Dave, as I mentioned, uh, both Rafa and, and Seferovic getting on the board, and, and you got a, quite a quite a, some good stats here on both of those guys. Yeah, so Rafa's now tied his career best with his twelfth uh, goal of the season, easily by far the best uh, Rafa we've seen since he's joined uh, Benfica. I know he had a rough couple of uh, seasons, and still uh, very, very wasteful. Here. Very wasteful. Him and Seferovic. You know, we we talk about Seferovic uh, as the leading goal scorer, but uh, if he had uh, Jonas's shoes, sometimes he'd be uh, the leader by uh, at least ten goals, uh, because uh, he is uh, he is wasteful. He's at least good for two misses uh, per game, along with uh, his goals per game. But uh, speaking of Seferovic, he's now the leading goal scorer: fifteen goals, eight straight game with a goal, and uh, none from penalties. So. Uh, he's uh, been yeah. banging them without uh, getting them from the PK spot there. Yeah, this this eight straight uh, goal streak that he has. This I I believe this is very close to a to a record that Eusebio holds, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, Jonas Jonas holds it at ten. At ten, but yeah. so Eusebio must be like in the seven or eight or perhaps nine games straight. Wasn't Nolito around there? Seven games. No, Nolito was, was also up was there. Close he was, he was to challenging that 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 streak. That Eusebio, Eusebio held the record. Jonas took it over. Nolito was very close to reaching Eusebio until he was uh, he, he was sat down by uh, by JJ. And uh, and now Seferovic, uh, I thought I saw something on a, on the Portuguese media. I think it was a ball that he said he was either he has tied Eusebio or he's close to reaching Eusebio's streak. Uh, I am not sure about that. I think so. he's tied. He's currently tied with Eusebio at eight, but uh, Jonas has the record at ten for Benfica. Right. And, and I think currently this season, uh, 
I think in Europe, across the big leagues, uh, eight is the record right now for uh, uh, consecutive games scored. So I think he's uh, he's tied, uh, what is it, Quagliarella or whatever in Italy? Or? Yeah. Dude, your girlfriend is Italian and you, know, you can't pronounce Italian last name? I don't watch Syria. Oh, good, good one. That's a great one. <laughs> but since we're talking about consecutive games as well here, I, I, I believe Rafa scored for the third consecutive game for the first time in his career. That's correct. That's yeah. correct. Wow. I just wanted to go back to Rafa. Look, right now, guys, right now, Rafa is Benfica's most dangerous player. Yeah. Look, I, I despite him, you agree or disagree? I agree. You say well, uh, he creates chances I'm and, and he can I'm score the position. I think he's the most dangerous overall. I think he's oh. the one that create. He's the guy. He's that, the guy that sparks the most. I think he's the guy that knocks the opposition off their balance more. I think he's the guy that poses the biggest threat. Because there's one thing, guys. I, I always say this. There's a couple of things, very few things you can't teach in sports. One is speed, and one and the other one is is just natural physique. Ability, ability. Yeah. No, ability you could teach. But you can't – well, kind of. You got to have it. You don't. But you can't teach speed, and you can't teach height. Can't teach. Though you're, that's yeah. God-given. I mean, speed, you can improve it, but you either got or you They're physical traits. Absolutely. So Rafa right now, due to those – physical traits due to the fact that he could blow by anyone and he's still very wasteful. He knocks a lot of people off their feet. Yeah. You know, it's right now, Sverovic's putting the goals away. Juan Felix is fantastic. Gabriel, man, with the ball at his feet, he's fantastic. I said it here before, uh, a proof sort of gymnastic was let go. And I keep saying, the guy is a phenomenal player. Give him time. And he's doing that now. The assist off, off of the Juan he's Felix so back ridiculous. heel. And then he gave it to, to Sverovic's goal. Just, I mean, that that is fantastic. That is phenomenal. Um, all that being said, Rafa is the guy that yeah. makes Benfica tick. When he's on, Benfica is at a totally different level. And if he's on on Saturday at the Ladron, forget about it. I think that he – I agree with you because he, he does bring an aspect of the game that not, not a lot of players, if if a few players that Benfica has uh, have, uh, which is that explosiveness, that first touch, that, that quick dribble to get out of uh, – out of challenge. For those of you that are sitting at home right now, ready to fight me over this, I'm not saying he's Benfica's best player. I'm just having right now. He's the most dangerous. Doesn't mean he's the best, but he's the most dangerous player on the Benfica squad. <laughs> I don't think anybody's trying to fight you. Ah, uh, you'd be surprised. Yeah, but I, I think that uh, a lot of sharks up north. The, the speed that he brings and, and what he's been able to do it and grown in confidence now and playing with these guys that he's playing now, where there's the combinations, there's the, those little cheeky passes, there's those. Those smart uh, one-twos ought to beat defenders, and then there's the speed and there's the explosiveness. I think that if if he's able to add um, goal scoring to his skill set, he, he could be a, a, a real, real good player. But uh, as of right now, I mean, we all know you couldn't hit a, a barn if, uh, if he was standing in front of it. But, uh, you know, every once in a while, he does put himself in a good position and he scores. Uh, so... Uh, good for him, and I hope he, he continues to score. Uh, but uh, Dave, eight straight win uh, under uh, Brun Lage, uh, and uh, uh, February a good uh, February also. Yeah, so I, I remember at the beginning of the month we talked about how important this uh, month was going to be. Lots of games in a short amount of uh, time. Uh, so to recap, it we got uh, six wins from one and uh, one draw. Some uh, key victories against Sporting at the Avalad. Uh, of course, the 10-0 uh, victory against Nacional and our first ever uh, win in Turkey against Galatasaray, 2-1. Uh, so 
uh, very uh, good A plus month. I I would add. Hey, do you guys remember? Roll back the time. You play some, you some remember fancy the music. Time. Ooh, take roll back the time. Do you guys remember when he was appointed head coach? Ulaj? And everybody was like, I don't know. I'm not sure this is the right time. The schedule is very heavy. And now the guy, he walked through. The, I mean, it was like a slalom. And he just he looked like Lindsey Vaughn. He was like a hot, a hot butter. A hot butter knife. He was, cutting like, through he was butter. a hot butter knife. Not a, hot butter. a hot butter knife cutting through butter. Yeah, hot butter knife. <laughs> he was like a hot, a hot knife cutting through butter. Well, That's what I mean. My faca canch. Yeah, but um, look, he's just, I mean, Benfica has, uh, has done wonders under this gentleman. And I'm very excited that he's going to be yeah. staying for a couple more years here at least <laughs> and dave he's got quite a busy march ahead of him what what what's on the what's on the the menu for uh lodge and biffy get this march yeah so this saturday the second of march we go up to porto very important uh match uh followed by a trip to croatia to uh, dinamo zagreb on uh, the 7th then we go back to home to play uh Belenz. Uh, then on the 14th, we play uh, Dinamo Zagreb again in the uh, home fixture. Uh, then an important match again, uh, maybe even more important than the uh, Porto match, but uh, the Mourinho game, they've been uh, strong all season, currently sitting in fifth, uh, taking points away from Porto and Sporting. And uh, we finished the month against Tondela. So Tondela and Mourinho to finish out the month. And as you mentioned, Quanto Tondela? <laughs> you screwed that one up. No, no, that one to me it made sense. No. All right, that was a that was dances a, at the rhythm or dances at Tondela. That was close. Tapa, não tens perguntar isso tudo, but that was a question we posed to Sportingistas on Tondela. <laughs> so yeah, so, so quite a, a, an interesting month here, starting uh, with Porto, which we'll preview uh, shortly. But uh, you got that that trip to Croatia, also Bulnes is sandwiched in between uh, the first and second legs. And as Dave mentioned, Muradens, who is who's performing quite well uh, this year, and then Tondela at home. Uh, the way we've been at home, almost unplayable at home or unplayable, I should say. But this Morenense uh, trip is definitely a, a, a tricky one. Uh, but before we get into all those games, we do have uh, Porto. Uh, and that game happens this uh, Saturday at the Dragão, 8.30 uh, local. Porto is uh, is first uh, with 57 points. Benfica is only one point behind them. Uh, those 57 points come out of uh, 18 wins, three ties, and two losses. 47 goals scored, 12 goals allowed. That is the best uh, defense in the Liga Nosh. Uh, Benfica, 64 goals scored, 20 allowed. Benfica has the best attack. Uh, at home, Porto, 10 wins, zero ties, and one loss. That loss coming at the hands of Guimarães. Um, but... Um, What's uh, what's Benfica done uh, the last uh, five outings at the Dragon, Dave? Uh, one win, two draws, two losses. So the last time we uh, won there was in uh, 2014, December. Uh, 2-0 uh, victory with Lima scoring uh, both those goals. So it's been a while since we've had uh, success up there, but uh, we all remember Rui Vitoria's track record against Porto wasn't uh, that bright. Yeah. Um, that's right. So, uh, as the marquee matchup of, of what many people are, and I know it's early, but this, this is definitely a, a game that whoever wins, uh, has an advantage on, on the other team. And especially, uh, the, 
the last time Porto lost before they got on this run was against Benfica. Then they went on a tremendous run and they, they were consistent. I got to give them that in the first half of the, of the season. They were a very consistent team and they deserve to be uh, where they are because of their consistency. But now they seem to uh, be losing some of that uh, some of that steam. So the best attack against the best defense at the Dragão uh, this uh, this Saturday. Cristiano, is this the best Benfica of the season that's going into the Dragão? Come on, man. Is that even a question? Yeah. That even a question. They're playing phenomenal ball. They're they're just um demolishing everyone and you know and you don't prefer you don't prefer the the Benfica that beat Braga under Rui Vitorio? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm that's that that wasn't a question. I'm, Sorry. I'm, I'm, was look, a man, look, I'm I'm very, very, very confident about this game on Saturday. I think Benfica has a a legit, legit chance to come out of there with the three points in the in, in the leadership in the Liga Nos. Um, I'm actually so confident. I think it's going to happen. I think Benfica is going to go into the Dragão, and I don't predict this many times, but I do think Benfica is going to go into the uh, Dragão, come away with the three points in a in a very fashionable way. Um, again, if they play the way they have been playing, hopefully Lage won't go in there and try to, you know, and pull a, a, a George Jesus or pull a Rui Vitoria on us and invent. If he goes in there and plays the same style with the same. Uh, intensity that we've played in in, in in these last 10 games with the same pressure, pressing everybody all over the field, getting the ball back as soon as they can and creating space and just playing phenomenal ball. I, I do think uh, Benfica is going to come away with the win. I just, my question is, will the Machina, the Terminator, Florentino Diaz, is he going to play alongside Gabriel? I mean, I, I would do it. I'll put that, throw the kid to, to the Wolves, see if he could come out of there you know, bloody fists and all, but if you could come, come out, out of there still man. with a heartbeat, absolutely. Because I know Samadis has the lead, uh, the, 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 uh, well, obviously the leadership, the experience, but this kid is just so phenomenal at getting the nah, ball back. Um, he's incredible, man. Uh, and, and so I would love to see that. I think it, it's his time to shine. Hopefully, uh, you know, Almeida will be back, obviously, as we know, uh, it'll be with Ferro once again. Uh, same thing with Diaz, Grimaldo, Gabriel. Um, and then Rafa on one side, PZ, uh, and then the two guys up top, we already know they are. The only question is going to be, is it Samaris or is it Florentino? Yeah. Um, and, and I'm very confident Florentino. I think, bro, Benfica has been playing lights out. I haven't been this excited for Benfica in a very, very long time. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so just extra and ultra, ultra, ultra confident heading into this game. Dave, what's your, your, uh, what's your feeling like? What's your state of mind going into this game, dude? Yeah, well... I remember earlier this year I said Porto was going to beat us three nothing at home. We ended up winning one nothing. Then I thought we were going to beat Porto for the Tasa, so and we oh, ended up losing. I'm not giving. Months. I'm not asking you for a prediction. That Tasa so game. That Tasa game. Don't have to thrown out the window, bro. That Tasa. Yeah, yeah. That Tasa game thrown out the window. That that Tasa game has an asterisk next to it, just like uh, Maguire has an asterisk yeah, next to, <laughs> next to his uh, his home run record. Yeah, uh, so I'm, obviously we got to feel confident the way the team's been playing these uh, this past uh, couple of weeks now. Um, it's been and like Chris says, it's been a, a long time that we're we've felt this way for this team. And I know sometimes we get accused of uh, oh bringing out the lotion and the tissue when we start talking about Bruno Lage, but the results show for it and the eye tests show for it. This team is a completely different team. Uh, from what uh, we've been accustomed to seeing. And uh, I, I'm very confident that they go in there and who knows, even put a 4-1 score line up against uh, at their home. 
15 a 0. 15 a 0. Quem é que vai marcar os gols? O tratador da relva? Sim, também vai. <laughs> look, I, I, look I, I think that um, if you're a Benfica fan, not only a Benfica fan, but a, a fan of football, and you have been watching this Benfica in these past three, four weeks, you have to feel confident that, uh, that Benfica is playing the best ball out of all the teams in, in Portugal right now. So their trip to the Dragão, you have you have to be confident on what you're going up there. Porto, Porto will have all their guys back. I mean, they rested uh, Casillas today, Brahimi, Danilo finally got back on the field today, Marega's back, uh, Suarez is Marega back. Did Marega play I'm not sure. I don't no, know. he was I, on the bench. He was on the, he bench, was on the bench. bench. He was on the bench. So was Brahimi. I, I'm not sure. I know I know. Suarez got into the game and he scored. But those guys will, will all be back for Saturday and at least uh, – on paper, they should be 100% uh, or, you know, very close to, to 100% yeah. to what their starting it's 11 it. is. is their customary starting 11. Look, yeah. Marega, Marega with the miraculous uh, recovery, right? Whether whether yeah. or not, you know, whatever. He, he, he got some deer antler spray, ate some horse placenta. He's all good now, right? We got to send Jonas some of that uh, horse placenta and deer yeah. antler spray. Here, here's my thing. Uh, regardless of whether he's fine or not, this is a guy that, has, that hasn't played for the past four or five weeks, has no game rhythm, is a guy that lives off of explosiveness and speed. Stop trying to jinx me, Fika. Just... I'm. I'm just. I, look. I'm just saying. I don't. You, you got to look at my, things for what they are. Marega's a beast. He's a beast. He's the greatest player in Portugal. He's a beast. I don't want to jinx the guy. And have, <laughs> yes. Yes. Phenomenal. I don't want to jinx the guy and have the guy score four, three goals against us. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Let's not wake up a beast. He's fine. Just yeah. He's phenomenal. Just in case he's he's, he's, he's listening to he's the just, podcast. He's, the guy is just a uh, you know tremendously quick healer. Uh, that other guy <laughs> over there in uh, China is, is you know, he's phenomenal. Uh, makes a Chen. million a year, so obviously he's got to know what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, and there's, you know, uh, David Luiz has been there. Plenty of other players have been there. So, you know, the guy's tremendous and just credit to, to, to Marega and uh, hopefully still not 100% on, on Saturday. And we, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Let's not jinx anybody. I heard he did like a, a you ever watch Karate Kid? Yes. He did a Mr. Miyagi on oh, Daniel-san. Watch John, watch off. And he was cured all of a sudden. Chris, uh, you uh, gave him a rub and tuck. A rub and tuck. <laughs> and uh, let, let me, let me, uh, now on a serious note. Um, oh, serious. Uh, <laughs> and I'll, I'll pose this this question, and this goes for both teams. What effect do you think a loss can have on Porto uh, and then Benfica? On Porto, uh, man, on Porto, I think it could be more debilitating than, than than it could for Benfica at this point uh, because Porto and everyone has read how wonderful Benfica is under this Brunelage, how things are different on the Brunelage and how this is, you know, the greatest things in sliced bread. And so right now they're, they're probably challenging that. They're telling themselves, you know, uh, they haven't played anybody. Uh, they haven't played anybody like us. We're the most dangerous team that they're going to play. And yes, they did but, go into into to Galatasaray. And but they did play Porto already. And we were better than Porto. In a, in a game that they beat Porto 3-1, though. But ultimately, they got they got that chip on the shoulder psychologically that they won that game. So aside from that game, yeah. right, they're saying they haven't played anyone else. And I think if if, if Benfica is able to go into the Dragon, come over with the three points, then maybe some of that 
self-doubt will start creeping in. Maybe then they'll start believing, even though the Campeonato is still far from over because mm. there will only be two points up ahead, and obviously anything could, could still happen. Uh, Benfica has to play some very tough games and, and still in the second half. Um, but I, th- I think that maybe that doubt starts creeping in. Now, for Benfica, it just becomes one of those, if they don't win at the Dragon, it'll be one of those things that that uh, that inferiority. You know that they carry with them for a while because we always say Benfica goes into Stadio uh with a little bit too much respect, and because they uh, they don't seem like the confident team that we see at times every time they go into the Dragon. And you know, let's be fair. I mean, Porto's had their way with Benfica more often than not at the style of the Dragon than, than the other way around. So I, I do think that could also creep into the players' minds, but. You know, it'll be a four-point lead as opposed to a two-point lead. Obviously, Porto will be a little bit more confident in making up the difference than Benfica will. But the season is still, still. There's what nine games left after this one, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it's either nine or or, or eight um, games after this one. So there's still plenty of games to be played. Benfica still needs to go to Braga, even though you know they've had their way with Braga. But again, anything could happen. There's still some tough games on the schedule. Porto has realistically, with the exception of Sporting, they've played everybody tough on the schedule already. So, uh, look, it, it's it's going to be a very tough game on Saturday, but I think Benfica, right now, man, I mean, I, look, if I had a million and I had to bet them, I'm confident Benfica comes over to three points. Yeah. And here's the other thing, right? So if Benfica uh, ties uh, with Porto, uh, if it comes down to uh, that they're tied at the end of the championship, they equal themselves in points, Benfica will have the head-to-head because the, uh, oh, the, they'll have the advantage because the head-to-head is what counts, and they've already beat them at the, at the start of the well, That's if they draw this weekend. That's if they draw this weekend. And then eventually finish right. tied on points. level. Absolutely. Um, but but yeah, I mean, if you're a Benfica fan, you got to feel confident about what the, what your chances are going at this game, regardless of who's on the other side or not, regardless of Porto as a hundred. I mean, this is a real test. I know Benfica played them for Absolutely. the for the semifinal of the Tasa of the Liga, but this is a real test. This is not in in Braga. This is not a you know at a, at a, at a stadium. Um, that that you know, obviously Porto's not gonna have, didn't have the same support that they uh that they had a, a, that they're gonna have at the Dragon. It was a neutral stadium. It's it's gonna be a very tough ask, and we'll see if you know João Felix said Omar and Barbarizo. No, these are the games that you're gonna see yeah. if these guys are, you know, are the real deal or not. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll ask you, I'll pose you a question uh, about that in a second, but I wanted to ask Dave. Dave, do you think that uh, Benfica having having lost that game and uh, for the final four of the League Cup against Porto, and coming away from that game uh, knowing that uh, for the most part they were better than Porto, do you think that in Benfica's mind, they think they really think they could beat this Porto because they've already faced them and they played much better than them. Oh, I be- I believe so. And if anything, I hope it's it goes the other way against uh, for Porto, where they have some sort of false uh, hope that oh well we beat them three one, so maybe we can take uh, it easy on them. But yeah, th- this team is coming in full confidence right now, top of their game, and it's it's kind of worrying for me because usually i'm i'm very nervous and scared for these these games with uh, porto but for some reason like i i i don't have that uh that nervousness and and i i really think we're going to pull out and completely dominate them at their house now we know this how this club operates and who knows what their game tactic is going to be with their coach uh, could be you might want to try, take it and make it a uh, rough uh, style type of game. A lot of fouls, uh, yep. 
slow the play, the slow the play uh, pace down, and uh, that fits more to their their type of style. But if this game is wide open and Benfica scores a, a goal within the first fifteen minutes, watch out because this has the makings to get uh, ugly real fast. Yeah, let's let's hope that the VAR doesn't go offline. Also, as it's That's gone at uh, at the Dragon a couple times this this uh, this year. But uh, Cristiano, what I wanted to ask you, and you mentioned Barbarija, right? You're talking about if if Florentino does. Uh, play in this game uh and you got joan felix you got florentino you got ferro two young kids that despite having played in in the second league uh three well felix i think you mentioned all three that's why i said yeah Um, two kids that have been on a b team for most of the season right and and despite them playing against men how do you think they're going to uh, in the second league how do you think they're going to handle the atmosphere at the Dragao and perhaps some of the physicality of the game? Well, that's a huge question, Mark. First of all, I know they played against men, but they didn't play of, uh, with any one of the caliber of a football Porto. And then on top of it, it's going to be, as I mentioned in Galatasaray, a very intimidating uh, stadium for these youngsters. Uh, these are youngsters that obviously grew up in Portugal and, uh, and are very aware of the rivalry with Benfica and Porto. Um, look, they've handled it. In other situations, we'll see what happens here. I have no doubt that they'll be able to come and, you know, bring their best and play their A game on Saturday. But again, it's with young players. I mean, you never know. Yeah. You, It's just that that's the reason why you play experienced players over inexperienced players in certain situations, because you never know how the inexperienced young players or even veterans that are inexperienced, how they're going to react. And so uh, we'll have to wait until the game to see how they come out. But I, I, I have no doubt that they can do it because they've played you know, in pressure-packed situations, not at this level. They played in the Youth Champions League for Benfica, and then, as you mentioned, they, they got promoted in playing second division against men. But, again, it's nothing, mm, nothing no. uh, compared to what they're going to see on Saturday. No, so uh, Saturday, 8.30 local. Don't miss it. That's definitely going to be uh, one of the games of the season. 3.30 New York. Uh, hopefully, it will be uh, it will be a fair game. It will be a well-officiated game. Yeah, that's game. a huge question. Are they going to play against 11 or 14? Yeah, uh, well, look, we, we have... We, we can only hope, right, that the game is as fair and called equally for, for both teams because the last thing I want is to have one whole week of CMTV, SIC Noticias, RTP, TVI, talking about all the, the, the cases that uh, that happened with refereeing, what's fair, what's not a foul, and what's the red card. So I only hope that if Benfica does um, play uh, – not limited by those those facts and those circumstances and, and those outside uh, factors. Uh, I think that Benfica has a good chance. And I, I just wanted to be a, an open game and a good game. Uh, and I think if it is, I think that then Benfica has the best chance to uh, to really come out of there with the three points. Yeah. Yep. Nothing. You can't can't top that off. But uh, yeah. And uh the refereeing, like we know how it is, and, and the media in Portugal doesn't uh, do doesn't help the situation no. at all. But even even Twitter after the games and just you know everybody, if it doesn't go our way, just shut our mouth and, and be better than they are. Yeah, absolutely. So that's it. That's all we got for uh, this week. We will be back next week. We'll recap uh, the, this Porto game and and look ahead to uh, to Benfica's next game, which I believe will be Dinamo Zagreb, and, and then Bulnes also. So we'll look ahead to those games. I have a, a huge recap on this Porto game win or loss promise. Uh, and that's it. That's it for for me. Uh, you've been listening to the Benfica podcast. Uh, my name is Alfredo. 
Cristiano is here. Dave de Oliveira has been here. Uh, anything you guys want to add before we uh, say sayonara? Forza Benfica, and uh, hopefully we'll be here on Tuesday with a smile on our faces, celebrating an important victory at the Dragon. I uh, believe we might have a couple of guests in the building as well. Yeah, We'll talk about that as it gets closer. But yeah, man, Forza Benfica, and let's go. Let's go get them. Let's go. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Ciao.